Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I'm Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about The Handmaid's Tale Season 1 Episode 2, it's called Birthday, full spoilers for the episode as always. Can I just point out how hard it is to accent the fact that I'm saying birthday and day is two separate words and not as birthday? It takes a lot of effort. Yeah, it, I imagine it does because you just never say it that way, do you? No, you say, say birthday, but it's, yeah. I, had to, I had to really think about that, as simple as that sounded, I had to really think about putting in the pause because you mm. naturally just want to steam through it. But here we are. This is episode two. We liked episode one a lot. Uh, and this episode, I think, first and foremost, it, it, it expanded the the mythology of how things happened. And by what that, I mean, we get a good sense in this one of how this whole thing wasn't overnight. Like, even when uh, Offred was giving birth, like, the, the seeds were already there. Those pe- the, the epidemic, the, the, the chance of, like, the birth rate going down and plummeting, uh, the fact that we saw people outside the hospital praying uh, for the births to go through and all that. Like, it gave you a sense that this, this hysteria was building for years. Yes. Until it until it hit, until the power that came into power put all this into motion and enacted all this all this crazy dystopian bollocks that we're seeing. Yeah, so, pretty much. Uh, it, 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 I like that. I like that it's world building. I like that it's like establishing how this world functions slowly, bit by bit. It's really building it as we go. Mm. Uh, yeah. Of course, I say that in episode two. Episode three could give us nothing but <laughs> in that sense, but so far it is. And even... Uh, last episode we saw a priest was hung and then in this episode we see them tearing down a church and they mention other churches being torn down and being just decimated and the idea of, even though they seem very religious, it seems like the idea of religion's completely shifted to a new... Yeah, I think that is very interesting because like I say, they, they do seem very religious. They're, I mean, they're, even in the, the ceremony in this, the birthing ceremony, they're all there praying. Yeah, even uh, in the last episode when we first meet the Martha and uh, Offred says... Oh, uh, they like to go. The, the part of this whole thing is to return to old-fashioned values, which would make. I think to most people, you would assume that religion would play a role in that. Yeah, but uh, it, it's it's clearly a religion, but it's certainly not Christianity, which is what we we at least that's what they're showing us at the minute. Yeah, I think it's no religion we currently know. No, it's some new variation upon that because it's it's definitely a hodgepodge of a mixture of things by the look of it. Yeah. Uh, so, so no, I, I think that's did a lot of world building. Obviously, we've seen the flashbacks that uh, little Hannah, uh, Alfred's kid, was almost kidnapped. In fact, the nurse—they uh, did a really smart thing here. Actually, we got a scene with the nurse where she's like telling, "Oh, the baby's okay. We've tested it. Made sure it's because uh, obviously at this point in this world, it's actually only a one in five chance that the babies will be healthy when they're born." Yeah, so like, and we see the the room where it's like where they should be. And it's like which there. is a really was a really moving scene actually when she goes into this you know the, the nursery where all these newborn babies are meant to be and it's empty. Yeah, because two of them are in intensive care and the others are are dead. <laughs> it's just this really haunting kind of image of her walking through here and realizing how lucky she is that her baby's not. Yeah. Uh, but now, like, so the, 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 we see this nurse give her this good news and like see her be kind to her, be kind to the baby. So later on, we just get a glimpse of her lying on the floor with her, her head bashed in, and how one of the other mothers who have lost their child has done this to try and kidnap the kid. It just it it shows you just how. I think again. I don't want to always compare it back to like Nazism, but just because I studied like the rise of Hitler and the Nazis in school and how you had these incidents building up and boiling up until these political mm. powers were able to take control, it reminds me kind of of that. Of this is like just one such incident and the build up of yeah, all this. It's, it's it's the desperation yeah. of of the ordinary people that you know allows these things to happen. Yeah. So 
I thought that was well handled. Obviously, the other stuff that it builds on, of course, the next bit of the mythology is what happens when someone is born in this world. Mm. We get to see that. Janine from the last episode with the one eye, she we seen she was pregnant, uh, heavily pregnant. She had a big, big, big old preggy belly, and she's giving birth in this episode. Hence the title, Birthday. So I did it again. I had to, had to think about it and put the mm. pause in. Uh, and we see this this ceremony that not only includes all the local hand handmaids from this district, this town, whoever, whatever, however they, they close it off. It also involves all the other sort of rich wives who come and are also part of the ceremony. And yeah. I thought it was really interesting because we see that all of the all of the wives go through a fake thing with the the wife of the the woman who's giving birth, you know, her handmaid's giving birth, so the real wife, the real, who's going to be the mother, is like going through this fake kind of practice of breathing, and they're all around her, and then later on she steps behind like Janine as she's giving birth, and also emulates the breathing and the pushing, uh, yeah. and for a second it took me to, I was like, what the hell's going on here, why is she behind her, are they both giving birth, like, this is weird. Yeah, for a second it was like that, and then it's like, ah, oh, get it. They're faking it, it's, and, but... Maybe because I'm a cynical prick, but I'm like, this is pointless. You're achieving nothing by standing next behind her. And they're not, but it's the the ritual of it, isn't it? Ah, rituals are stupid. <laughs> rituals like this are stupid. Look, we have just established that some form of religion is very important in this world, <laughs> and religion. A lot of them are built on very specific rituals, so makes sense. Yeah, but. How many religions are this new? Like, this is a new thing. So you're showing me we do this for these beliefs. And I'm like, but you didn't do that before. And like, I just, it's all new. So it just feels silly. It is. It's a, it's a way of having them feel involved, isn't it? It's so that they can still think that they're in on it. And it's, well, it's, yeah, we it's talked about in the last episode how yeah. so much of it was to try and make the wife feel like she still had power, like she was still a part of the process when she really isn't. It's all just kind of a, a fallacy to make her feel that way. Uh, and, Obviously, this whole thing's kind of horrific as well because they take the baby away immediately. It's a healthy baby, take it away, give it to the mother, and she names it. And Janine has to watch her baby be taken away and be named by another person in front mm. of her. And then all the all the handmaids kind of like come together and sort of comfort her in yeah. this in this scene. But it's again, it's this horrific thing of of it being taken away immediately and given mm. to the other person. Uh, which of course is then sort of uh, beat over your head a little bit more with the, the scene later when she's breastfeeding and she's left alone with the baby and she finally it's almost like for the first time we really well we got got it in the flashback obviously when she was herself and she, that's how she lost her eye because she was being herself and she was being rebellious but this is the first time since then we got to see her be herself and she talks about her son and how that's your brother and this is his name and yeah yeah so it gives you this this whole thing uh the other big part of all this this scene where they go to this this big house presumably the house of the the, the family that are having this child is this scene where Alfred's offered a cookie yes by one of the other wives by one of the other wives who's like oh go on give her one one won't hurt her and they're like oh you shouldn't give them them it's bad for them she she, she seemed relatively nice yeah relatively <laughs> nice it reminded me of like watching 12 years a slave and you had the one slaver who was kind of like was kinder to them yeah like that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, like she's still like way above them in the social class and has the power, but you know, it it wasn't. A, a, I don't think from her perspective, at least, yeah. it wasn't a dick move. Cumberbatch. She was sincerely offering a, a nice. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Cumberbatch's character in Twelve Years a Slave. Mm. How he's nice, nice to the slaves when he's still a slaver. He's like he's still part of the problem because he's part of the system. Yeah. But yeah, uh, but yeah, she does that, and then it, 
<laughs> Joy reluctantly is like, well, would you like one? And you know she hates her. She hates her guts. She doesn't want her to have a cookie. You can you can look at offer. She's like, this is a trap. It's like if I take it, you know, you know, you see, it's like a trap. It's like she knows that Joy doesn't want her to have it, but she has to offer now because of the because yeah. it's been brought up. But what I like about the scene though is she holds it out and says, well, here it is, and it's she, she's basically talking to her. She's a dog. It's not even yeah. a child at this point. It's like a dog who has been offered I, a treat. Honestly, for a half a second, I thought she was like implying that she had to just lean in and take it mm. with her mouth out of her hand. And then the, the one who has been there says, oh, she's so well behaved as she takes like a bite of her cookie. Uh, and it's like, oh my, it's, it's so horrific. But then, then Offred goes into the bathroom and she spits out what she's eaten. Mm. And she gives this little defiant smile into the mirror like, I'm not taking their pity. I'm not taking that. I'm, yeah. I'm this strong at least. I can make this choice for myself. So, yeah, that's uh, but so the other sort of intrigue that's building throughout the episode is uh, Nick the mechanic comes to Offord and says that the the commander wants to see her alone at nine pm that night, uh, and this is unusual because they're not supposed to see the handmaids themselves, like by them on their own as just two of them. Uh, so at least a lot of questions, and we we know they had a handmaid before this, and she was let go for some reason. Yeah, and uh, I think it's off Glenn that speculates maybe that's what happened. This happened before. Uh, or maybe in her narration, well, either way, it's speculated, and she asks Offglen about it, Offglen says, oh, and that's the other thing, Offglen's like, oh, there's a network of us, join us, try and find out where your commander's going, what's what's going on. And, yeah, like, uh, we, like, like we speculated, some sort of yeah. resistance is forming. Joe, jo, jo, I liked about that, I liked uh, her narration after that, she talks about how there's only a, an us now because there's a them. Like, there yeah. wasn't really a separate group. We were all one people before, but now there's an us and an them. Because they became a thing, we have to become a thing that's opposing yes. it. Yes. Uh, and she drops some other tidbits, like the, the, the US flag now only has two stars on it. Yeah. Which is like, so there's like two states that are resisting. Is that like, is Florida one of them? Is that why the fighting's going well in Florida? Because they got the oranges. They're winning. It makes sense. Uh, it's curious. It's curious. Uh, but yeah, so she, she's uh, trying to figure out stuff. She's like, oh, I don't know why. And she speculates, oh, maybe he just wants a blowjob. And it's kind of like, oh, maybe they try and get little extra things. They're not meant to, but it's them that's breaking the rules. But the whole time in the back of my head, I'm thinking, but the way this society's been built up and the, the way we've seen them being trained, if they're caught doing anything, it will be offered who's blamed for it. She's the She'll be the slut, quote-unquote, that has lured him in. It won't be his fault, uh, which has its own bag of worms to... Uh, unpack but it that's clearly how they've been conditioned and it's how it'll be taken so she's panicking she's worried is this her lean to her demise and I love that as she's walking to the door she's talking about girls in horror movies who go to the basement and they think it's their boyfriend play their t- it, that, that, that speaks to me specifically because I watch a lot of horror movies so as she's describing this I can think of at least 10 scenes in my head of this happening <laughs> yeah it's like she mentions that this is like his private room that no women go in. Even his wife doesn't go in. Yeah, and we see in the last episode, she didn't even get let in there. He was going for his meeting and she's like, no, I'll see you at dinner, honey. And he yeah. shuts the door. Uh, so really cold, really whatever. And she goes in and she's not supposed to look at anything. She's And she's sort of like getting a glimpse of like the books on the side and she's not seeing anything. Uh, again, camera stays close to her. We don't get to see much ourselves. Yeah. We sort of get all stuff. It's either straight up in her face, or we see her point of view kind of low angle. Yeah, from down. what we can see, it just looks like a you know a, a reasonably poshish study. Yeah, it's a study with books and stuff. He's got a big desk. He's yeah. got some comfy chairs for whatever. Uh, as it turns out, a game of Scrabble. Uh, as you do. As you do. 
And uh, so he sits down and he's, he's like, you can look at me. You don't, we can bend the rules a little bit in here as if this is his this is his place. He makes the rules domain, in here. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the official rules are. In here, I make the, the rules. And he's like, this might sound a bit silly, but I want to, I want to play a game. And he pulls out a board and it's, it's Scrabble. Mm. And everything about this is very slow paced. I, I kind of like this. There's like an awkwardness to everything where he asks her to like move or sit down or do something. And she almost takes just a little bit too long to where I thought he was going to snap and get angry at her for not doing it quick enough. Yeah. Because uh, she, like, she takes up a bit to realise what she's doing. She gets up and she shuffles over and whatever. But they sit down, they play Scrabble. And of course, when she takes out her letters, the word nanny is in, in our, just a random set Yeah. on her letters. And then they play the game... There's a little montage of them playing, and at the end we find out that he beats her by a few points. They're both at 300 and something. It's very close. Yeah, I think there's like three points that he yeah, wins it, it was a competitive game, by the sounds of it. And he almost looked pleased with that. Like, not just because he won, because even though she has narration afterwards where she says she let him win, I do think there's like, for him, I, I think there's a, oh, she's not just some fool who's following orders, she is actually quite smart. Yeah, this was like a test on his part to see, you know, if if she was just someone who just follows it and does everything blindly, or if she can think for herself. Because that's essentially what this is. She has to think of the words for herself. Yeah, well, this is this is the whole thing that I think the scenes get, and that is that we start the episode with another sex scene, uh, and I use the term sex loosely, of you know them trying to get her pregnant with you know Joy holding her down and him looking kind of awkward as he's thrusting about, and he uh, it even looks kind of awkward at one point. He kind of shifts to the side, and he like. There's yeah. a lot of awkwardness in the scene, uh, but to me, this was he 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 is struggling to even perform <laughs> because there's no attraction, there's no there's nothing in there. It's all clinical. There's no, and this was almost like him trying to build a bond because if she's smarter, if he can connect to her in some way, he'll actually sexually be more into it when he's supposed yeah. to perform, uh, and that, that's what I was getting from it and. Uh, but what? Uh, where'd you go? I think it's worth noting that is a, a problem we've heard of as well. I think it was last episode. One of the other ones mentioned how her commander, whatever it was, couldn't get it up. It's almost so, like the natural act of falling in love and having sex, or even love, yeah, but yeah. just just consensuous sex is a core part of what makes it work. <laughs> yes, it, it's like even these people who are you know the ones on on the other side, they're aware that they're not quite comfortable with it either. Yeah. So, other fascinating things about this scene, though, there's a lot packed in here. Uh, so, she asks a question, because he mentions, oh, we'll have to do it again sometime. I'll have to give you a rematch, because it was so close. And she says, uh, she says, I'll need to check my schedule. And this, for me, was a big line, because I don't think that before now she has ever even attempted to crack what I would consider a joke. Yeah. This was her cracking a joke with him. This was a sign of her feeling slightly more comfortable in this room with him. Definitely. Uh, if if not even comfortable, I'd almost argue even powerful. Yeah. Like she has a she's aware of like a, a slither of power here. She has some kind of power over him almost. Yeah, she's she's very aware of the unique nature that she's in and how you yeah. know privileged she is to be the only one, uh, the only woman to get in the room. And after she cracks that joke, and he does give a little snicker, he. He lets the joke go, and I sort of, and even enjoys it to an extent. Yeah, he doesn't criticize her; he allows her to have it. Yeah, that's when she feels the confidence to when he says that he's leaving for a couple of weeks or a week or whatever. 
she says, oh, where are you going? Just casually, like you would do. But this is inappropriate. She shouldn't be asking questions. And he's like, oh, it's just, it's just boring meetings in New York. Nothing nothing exciting. It was DC, but... I, whatever. Pick your say. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, that might be important later on. Okay, later on. But right now, I don't think it's a huge, huge, <laughs> huge deal. Uh, but... No, so that that was like a big thing, and then when I mean, she says, "Okay, but when you get back, then he says, okay, it's a date." Yeah, very specific word. Whoever wrote that this episode chose that word, or, or maybe it's in the book, whatever. But that word is very specifically chosen. I mean, because you can say that with anyone. Yeah? Like we we could arrange to go to the movies and then just casually in a sentence say, "Oh, it's a date," and it doesn't yeah. mean that it's a date date. It just yeah, it's just oh, it's a planned event. But that word in this context clearly has a connotation. It clearly has an underpinning of the meaning that yes. says something to her. And she's told she to go back home, which I thought was also an interesting choice of word because it's the same house. <laughs> but Yeah, it's it's how segregated they are, isn't it? They don't yeah. even consider it her home. But she, we get the slow walk back up the stairs and she's sneaking back up. We get the whole way. She gets behind the door and she starts breaking down in a laugh. Not in a cry, in a laugh. Yeah. Like... Because and I almost wonder if she enjoyed the game of Scrabble. <laughs> like that was the last time she got to have some fun and <laughs> play a game of Scrabble. I, I think she probably did. I mean, I'm sure it was always in the back of her mind, like this is weird, this is wrong, and you know. Yeah, but especially how uncomfortable since she was. But earlier in the episode, we found out that she, she used to. Uh, well, I haven't the exact job title, but she worked with books. She was like a publication uh, at a library or something like that. Yeah. She was talking about and how she, she once did. Uh, she once checked like twelve volumes of Falconing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and she's oh, even, and they, they have this little joke, her, her and off Glenn about, oh, that sounds quite exciting, right? But now, and she's like, yeah, it does. And that just shows you how devoid of like fun and anything. Yeah, they like the implication that they don't have books or anything like that. There is no sources of entertainment. We know we can't even read the news. Yeah, yeah. So she probably enjoyed it in that sense. But of course, mid laugh, it cuts to the next scene, and the song from Breakfast Club, uh, "Don't Forget About Me," kicks in. It's a great song. Full, full blast, really loud. And- I was not expecting this sort of song in this show at all. It really threw me for well, a second. Honestly, it's kind of similar to the music in the end credits from the, the first episode, which I actually th- thought felt a little bit out of place. Yeah, but it was because it was the end credits, I didn't think too much of it because Whereas, it was yeah, separate. This one, on the other hand, though, I thought worked a lot because it, it worked with for because she felt like she'd succeeded. She felt like you know at the end of that movie, walking out and putting the fist up. That's what she, yeah. even though she wasn't showing it to anyone, like she had to like have her head down, she got a cone on, uh, and we hear her thinking about Nick. Oh, does he care? Is that does he care that I may have done something in there with him? I think he does, and she feels like, oh, I've got some power here. Like, not and power is obviously I'm using that term kind of in a sort of muted sense, but she doesn't feel as completely a hundred percent helpless as she did before. So this yeah. song of triumph is kicking in as she's making the same walk. With, we've seen her do it in episode one, this exact same walk down, out out to the gate. And it's because she feels empowered here, and that's why yeah, the song's she, playing. She's she's pr- proud because she's got information that she can tell off Glenn. Like she can say he's going away. But of course, uh, just when you think something's happy, <laughs> just when you think there's a reason to have hope, something bad has to happen to crushes to crush her. I, I knew it was coming as soon as the shot. You know, because it was it was framed so specifically, hiding yeah. the face. It's like oh, look, now. To, to be fair though, that's how they've. Presented her at the gate every single time. They have, and that's the thing, obviously. But it was it was with the music as well. Mm. When you've got that playing, and then you're hiding the face, yeah, like this, it's like this isn't her. She turns round, and it's someone else, and the music comes to a screeching halt. 
Yes. Screeching halt. Uh, I, I I was almost expecting a record scratch just as a <laughs> just, yeah. just to accent it even more. Maybe that would have been too over the top. But this other woman, and she she says the you know whatever their phrase is when they say then she's like oh praise be under his eye you know whatever the order is of the the phrases they say. And Let's then, go get some fruit. Yeah, and then she says, "Oh, we've been gifted nice weather." I was like, "Oh yes, I am. I am grateful for it." They say the exact same. The thing we saw her with off Glen in the first episode, when she still hated her for being a little shit, the exact yes. same phrasing. And then she she musters up the courage to ask, "Oh, did off Glen get transferred so soon?" And then the other woman's like, "I am off Glen." And then we just hear the narration drop an F-bomb and then we cut to credits and then the, the music kicks back in. Uh, we talked about this obviously in the last episode about the, the, the levity in her narration. Do you know what I really like about it now that I've had two episodes with it? And I, I've really, especially this ending because her, her, you know, her saying O-F at the end of the episode, yeah. it gives it this, this comedic, it's a dark ending but it's this comedic punchline to it. What I like about it is that unlike some other, and this isn't necessarily the wrong portrayal and other stuff, but sometimes in these dystopian shows or depression shows or depressing movies about heavy subjects where they're tackling heavy things, everything's very dour and depressing and all the rest of it. What I like her about her having like a kind of sense of humour in her head is that it makes her actually feel like more like a real person. Yeah, it's like it's a, it's a coping mechanism, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I mean, even I mean that's why we do it, obviously as, a, as human beings. But I just mean. I feel like in a lot of ways this would be presented as completely straight and dour, as completely, mm. and everyone would always be so moody and would always be, but having her like say funny things in her head, having her do stuff like that, to me, makes her feel like more like a real person. It makes her feel like more like a person than a character. I agree. I agree, absolutely. I like to think that the song was playing inside her head, actually, the, the way it was presented, and because it felt different to the, the typical score. It felt like more like the narration. Yeah, and then when it stopped, that. as she realised, it's just like, eh, okay. Maybe it just it completely ruins her mood. I wonder if, it, I mean, this might go, go away once we get more songs and we can't link them to movies or whatever, but I almost wonder if the reason why the song plays, and if you're, with the argument that it's her thinking about it in her head, is because she has seen The Breakfast Club and she likes that movie. It's very plausible. Like, if movie. all the songs come from movies that are pre a certain date, I'd imagine. Like, stuff that she maybe grew up watching kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, and I don't think it needs to be that old either because i no, think when, when, when we saw the um you know the diet the, the the history stuff last episode it was 2015 i think obviously when when we saw the flashback stuff she mentioned uber i'm pretty sure uh yeah the the, the chart that said 2015 and that seems to be when it started to happen yeah. so you presume she gave birth maybe a few years after that maybe five years something like that and then we're another like a couple of years since then, maybe because obviously uh, Janine's been pregnant for nine months at the very least, so it's been a year. Yes. So, at at the very least, about yeah. a year since then. But yeah. Well, I mean, uh, we we saw her kid in the the start of the first episode, so that kind of ballparks it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the kid was about five years old, and because it's because she said it'd be about eight, she'd be about eight now. Yeah. So she was about five then. So maybe it's been about three years since she'd been initiated. And yeah, so maybe this was it's about twenty twenty five ish, maybe. Oh, maybe slightly later. Maybe slightly later. Yeah. Uh, it depends how how soon after twenty fifteen her giving birth is. It, that is true. We, we don't know what that time period is. I imagine it's not by much, but I, yeah, maybe yeah. a few years. I, I'm, I'm saying give or take around there. Yeah. I'd say twenty twenty five to twenty thirty. That, that seems that'd be my sounds reasonable. My guess. Uh, 
But no, uh, <laughs> that was all the heavy, all the big moments in the episode. It all, all kind of revolved around two or three key things. But the flashbacks, we had the, the birthday and we had the, the Scrabble meeting and everything yeah. kind of revolved around those those elements. Yeah, it, was, it was very focused. And yeah. I think there's always a danger with this style of TV where it, it leans so much into being serialized that it forgets that it has to function as an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I see it a lot with with some of the Netflix shows. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, whereas <laughs> this, it felt no. This has a clear start and end point. With this is what this episode is. This is the story of this episode. These are what we're going to focus on, and it just told that very, very concisely. Yep. Uh, I'm still on board. If anything, I'm more positive than I was after episode one. Uh, and obviously, the first three episodes went up. Episode three, I'll review that. I'll be up sometime tomorrow. Uh, but I have heard from people who have watched all three that that's their favorite of the three. So, oh, interesting. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. So let us know what you thought of episode two uh, in the comments below. Uh, like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on Twitter at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. Individual Twitters are on the screen. Uh, but that's us, guys. So thank you very much for watching once again. Have you got any vanilla?